It's the week of July 21st, and this is MASHCAST number Episode of the Mash Those Buttons Mashcast. I'm Jared, and I'm here with Games Industry Public Defender and uh, Scourge of Ironforge, Nick Zelenkevich. Yeah, we can go with Ironforge. It works. Okay, just check. I almost forgot for a second there. Nick, <laughs> Nick, Nick appears to be a flip uh, flip flopper now, so I'm not sure what he's doing. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know either. They just wiped the beta servers, so I got, I got nothing going on at this point. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, well, this is MASHCAST, what, 129? Coming to you very late on Thursday night. I think we're going to be talking into Friday morning at this point. That's because we have too much MASHCAST pre-show. <laughs> we're hanging out too much. Too yeah. Much, not, en- not enough work, too much play. So, uh, But things going to be a little different this episode. Uh, we're gonna give you some news bites, but we're also gonna do our, uh, you know, our topics the way we normally do. But we just want to cover a few things quickly that happened over the week that are worth bringing up, but we're not really gonna talk about uh, too much. So we're gonna start with uh, actually something that just happened today. Um, well, it just came. Uh, the news just came out today. Uh, there will be an in-game currency in Titanfall. Uh, when I first read that, I was like, oh, here it is. The microtransaction promise is broken because they promised that Titanfall would not have microtransactions. But when you actually look into it, it appears that, uh, well, they kept their promise because there still are no microtransactions in-game. Uh, these uh, credits that, that you can get in Titanfall, are only, you're only able to get them if you play, and you cannot trade them to other players, it looks like. Um, basically, all the credits do is they there's a new uh, system coming called the black market where you can buy burn cards, um, which I, 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 you know, I I don't know how those have progressed since the game came out, but you can buy burn cards and burn card packs. And you can uh, also buy, um, uh, I guess like cosmetic stuff for, for, uh, for your character. So you can, that's what the credits are for. <laughs> and you... I honestly thought I was going to see... And you can purchase more credits for... Blah, blah, blah. No. Not happening. So you get credits by... Um, winning a match. Uh, completing a match, period. Uh, first victory of the day. Completing daily challenges. Uh, selling burn cards. And... Um, at level 50, you get a percentage of your XP will be converted to credits. So... Oh, right now it's a pretty good deal. Is level fifty fifty the max level? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, all right, let's see what else we got here. Um, Battlefield Hardline delayed till twenty fifteen, and I'm like, 
that is probably good. <laughs> probably that's probably for the best. Battlefield Four should have been delayed till 2015. Battlefield, yes, <laughs> you are absolutely right. Battlefield Four, um, it's it's still not ready, but. Uh, Battlefield Hardline, I, I honestly, I don't expect them to change what I feel they need to change to make the game worth playing. But they're saying that they are, uh, you know, the reasons they side up for pushing the game back is that they want to work on stability. They want to polish and add more depth to the single player. Uh, they want to implement and add new features. They say they want to give you the best Battlefield experience possible. Um, when the truth is that the best Battlefield experience actually happens out on Battlefields. so but i mean hey you know more power to them let's see what they come up with uh but that is uh that is that was big news this week that battlefield hardline was delayed till 2015 i think i think that was most impressive just that they were willing to delay it i think everybody kind of had the expectation like oh this is going to be a yearly franchise and they're going to need to let it go and it was impressive on their part that they actually said, no, we don't need to have one out in 2014. We, we can actually make sure we put one out that works rather than put one out every year. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, well, honestly, I think they realized that they can't afford to have a, another game come out and not be on point, like at least with stability. It needs to be at least stable. And if they came out with another game that wasn't stable, it would ruin the battlefield franchise you know i mean you you can stack you know, you, if you have two games back to back that that you know have trouble the point where people can't play it like it's you're done like it's that, that that series is over with uh so let's see what else happened oh yeah the fifa 15 cover on the xbox cover uh clint dempsey who i'm not i, I just know he plays soccer i don't know who he is <laughs> um he uh he has an Xbox shirt on, and on the PS4 version, obviously he couldn't wear the Xbox shirt, so they had to completely take another picture. Well, well, what it is is, I guess, uh, Xbox sponsors his is the team that he plays on out of Seattle, and so they just used a regular picture of him playing for a Seattle team, which just happens to have the Xbox logo right smack in the middle of his chest. Um, obviously, Sony's not gonna want that on theirs, so they chose him in the uh, Team USA. Uh, attire so um i don't know it's funny though because he's he's kind of like you know just playing soccer on the xbox cover and then on the ps4 cover he's kind of looking like like dude like why are you buying a playstation <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it does look a little weird so. <laughs> like what are we doing here guys <laughs> that's what it looks like yeah so yeah that that was uh that's pretty funny uh let's see what else happened uh oh yeah nick uh brought up that the uh, the sony well, you go ahead, Nick, with the Sony PSN suit. Well, there's been a lawsuit against Sony uh, stemming from the, was it 2011, when they had all the, the, the PSN network breaches and it was all down for like like a, a good, like almost a week, right? More than a week. <laughs> like It was down for a while. Yeah, it was down for um, a while, yeah. And uh, yeah, and I guess some people were alleging that their data was the data that was stolen and they were claiming that Sony had fired a bunch of people right before the network breach happened. So they didn't have the right amount of staff and that they had spent time putting up firewalls to, to stop the corporate data, but not the customer data. 
Um, and so Sony's been fighting this in court, uh, and uh, the end result is a $15 million settlement uh, that uh, if you are one of the litigants, uh, and I think you can apply if you meet certain criteria, uh, you can get uh, $2,500. Um, but uh, I just thought it was amusing that Sony is still not claiming responsibility in this. They're saying that it was just cheaper for them to pay the fees rather than prolong the litigation and continue to pay for that. So, um, you know, take for this what you will as a statement on our legal system or Sony and their security procedures or, uh, you know, if you feel like you might have a claim, you get your 2500 Yeah, which is not scratching the surface when it comes to identity theft, but whatever. That's why class action lawsuits are almost useless. Like they're made, they're pretty much just a way to teach companies lessons. They're a way for lawyers to make money. Yeah, they, lawyers make money that way. They fucking love class action lawsuits. Uh, let's see. Well, so our last topic—not sorry, our last topic, but our last <laughs> news bite—is is in uh, Europe taking steps so that you know uh, a free game is actually free uh, in in um, Europe for in-app purchases will be disqualified from using the free label if uh, you have in-app purchases. Yeah, so like if you have in-app purchases in your app, uh, you cannot slap the, the word free on your app. It's, it's, it's not a free version if there's in-app purchase. So doesn't that mean like everything is no longer free? I think so. Like you might need to start using, need to, they, they could probably use the word demo instead ah we're going back to those days yeah like that's what it is like you know that's ultimately what it is it makes perfect since actually there's a game on my phone let me grab my phone so i can get the name it's called nightmare i think and it's a stupid little game and you download the free version right which is ultimately like you can get so far yeah it's called nightmare you can get so far in the game and then you, you you're no longer able to level up you can actually, if you're good enough, I guess, you could actually end up beating the game. But it's extremely difficult without leveling up. So, I mean, yeah, the, the, the free version stops you from leveling up to a certain point, And then you could buy the game for like three bucks and you unlock everything. So that game in Europe would have to say demo version. I like that. Like, it's not free. It's a demo. It's a demonstration. You know, a demo could be many things. A demo could let you play to a certain point. A demo could let you get to a certain level. You know, it's not free, it's a demo. So, yay for Europe. Because that, that's good. I applaud that. Uh, but yeah, that's those are the, the, the quick news bites we wanted to cover. Um, and that was quick. That's under 10 minutes. That's MASHCAST quick. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 that's good for us. Anybody who's been listening for a while knows. Even though our our show times have been around an hour the last few weeks, that's, that's a good thing. We don't have that wordy ass Joel on here anymore. Ah, uh, still still tossing shade his way, huh? <laughs> uh, okay. Well, let's actually we're gonna go ahead and get into our topics. Got a few things to cover. Uh, one, there was an article on a uh, rock paper shotgun about the Steam and how they handle new games, and uh, this writer seems to think that they need to change their process. Uh, we're going to talk about Uncharted 4 a little bit, how they're aiming for 1080p, 60fps, when they should, you know, be able to achieve that at this point, but we'll talk about it. <laughs> uh, there was a uh, some numbers that came out uh, regarding uh, subscriptions for, MMO, uh, for MMOs, and we're going to talk about that and who's on top, and surprisingly, who's the second. <laughs> Very surprising. But first... 
we're going to start with something we kind of talked about last week. ESPN2 had a Dota 2 special, uh, and I guess they actually broadcast the actual uh, Dota competition on ESPN3, which is online. And uh, Nick, you watched it. I didn't get a chance to watch it. Well, I didn't. I didn't watch the actual competition. Um, you, but well, you, I did, know you watched the the show. I watched though. the Dota Two special. Yes. Yeah. Um, and what it was is it was a little retrospective looking back at. Uh, I guess it was set set to hype the finals. So um, what was it? I think it was was it newbie, and uh, I can't remember the other team's name. Um, I'll be honest, they, I didn't follow that at all. Yeah, so so they, they, they so they had a little uh, retrospective showing the two teams progressing through the brackets as they advanced, um, you know, to, to sort of hype them up. Then they they did a little uh, thing where they talked to uh, I think a member of each team, uh, and then they had an interview with Gabe, um, and then they had a real quick they they had a little real quick poll amongst the the people on the panel. As far as like, what was your favorite moment of the tournament so far? And then that was it. It was a half hour. It was over really quick. Um, and it was very disappointing um, because now I came into this. I've played Dota. I'm not a MOBA fan. Um, I don't think I could follow a MOBA that well if I paid attention to one, um, which is probably why I'm not a MOBA fan because I get lost in the action myself. Um, and... I'm coming in and I want to be like, okay, like I want to try to approach this as someone who just happens to be watching ESPN. You know, maybe I was expecting to see like, you know, sports highlights uh, and this comes on and what are they going to do to get my attention? And there was a lot of, there's a lot of them talking about like, oh, like, you know, this person, you know, you know, came and saw Dota for the first time and had never watched it before. And by the end of the tournament, they were cheering for a team and they were rooting for it. And there was one part where they uh, they interviewed these two girls who, you know, they're like, you know, they asked these two girls who I don't even know what they were there for. Um, but they were like, you know, so you guys are here and you're cheering for one of the teams now and you've never seen it before this weekend. And they were like, yeah. And they were like, look, these two hot girls like Dota. And there was a lot of like get on our bandwagon, but they never gave you a reason to get on the bandwagon. Like one of the things I was looking forward to was like, especially at the end when they were like, okay, what was your favorite moment moment from the tournament? I was like, okay, you know what? Have them show you. Okay. Here is an actual scene from what happened. Here's footage of the game. We're going to break it down. We're going to tell you why this moment was good. What, you know, like this is maybe like, maybe like a turning point in one of the games or something, or here's how we can show you why team newbie is so dominant. They never did that. There was no talk of strategy, no talk of it as a sport. And they didn't even, actually show you that much dota footage the footage and the recaps at the beginning where they were like talking about the two teams coming up a lot of it they showed a lot of people sitting at the computers they showed a lot of people standing on stage a lot of them like talking there was very little actual footage of dota and no explanation to go along with it so if you were watching this you're like okay they're just playing a video game and it makes no sense and this is stupid and you know, like it, it, it felt very pandering. If it, 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 like they were like, look, like it, like us, like us. And you know, there was like that's the thing. Like immediately after that, immediately after that, came on a, a like ESPN soccer show. And what was the first thing it opened with? Like four or five soccer plays. They're like, this happened, this happened, this happened. You know, there's there was that article that we were you know kind of like you know talking about the other week where the guy was like dota didn't make sense to me until it was a sport and he pointed out he was like yeah and he's like all all everything we did in there it was like a play in sports which makes sense you should be able to be like okay like let me take part of the action set it up and explain what is about to happen here and what you're gonna see and they did none of that and if i'm you know if i'm an espn fan there was nothing there that made me feel like these guys aren't a bunch of nerds and i don't care about them and so 
you know so if to that degree it was it was a it was a failed effort it was almost pointless like at the very least i kept thinking like you know like take you know there was the old uh, the, what they used to do for the nfl the old jacked up thing which i mean you have the whole con- concussion issue which is why they stopped that but show me somebody just unloading on somebody and be like and that guy got slammed or something like yell and get excited about the actual in-game action it's like they were embarrassed of that and that that was the problem they were like if we show too much of the video game people are going to run away but that's what you have to show them that's the action i want to see more of the video game than i want to see of the people playing it you're not going to get you're not going to get you know you're not going to get me to like these people you know, based on knowing them, all, you know, without a reason to care. I mean, like, it's it's the same thing like with NASCAR. You're not going to sell me on NASCAR by letting me, like, watch interviews with all the drivers. Show me them racing and crashing. That's what I want to see. And it was the same thing. It was disappointing. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I wasn't expecting too much from it. Um, but I expected it to be better than that. <laughs> based off of what you tell me, at least. Well, the, the the one thing I, I think that was good is it got their feet wet, and I feel like I'm not the only person saying this. I, I, I haven't really seen too much support as far as people saying it was a great show, um, and I feel like they kind of needed to, to kind of like jump in there and get slapped a little bit. And then maybe next time they'll learn it. It reminded me a little bit in a way of like early – like early UFC kind of stuff. Like you, I mean, UFC kind of had that problem. Like it, you know, like we're so violent, we got to kind of be mainstream a little bit. And they kind of didn't focus on what made them UFC. And I'm not just UFC. I'm talking like ultimate fighting kind of stuff in general. And it's like, it took them a while to kind of get their bearings and actually like present themselves as a sport, as a legitimate event that took themselves seriously. You know, I mean, I'm sure that Dota does that on Twitch. I mean, and that, that's the thing. I mean, they, you know, like everybody's got, you know, I'm sure like on Twitch, they're fun. And I think they needed to carry that over to like what they do on ESPN. They, they tried to cater to the mainstream a little too much and they completely undercut what they are. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense to a degree. Um, I, that's the, I don't, I don't, I'm trying to think how else they could have done. Well, uh, no, don't get me wrong. Like the, Suggestions you made were totally perfect. Like, you know, they should explain the game a little bit. Uh, talk about the themes, why they're, well, you know, why they're great. Um, I guess it's, it's definitely, obviously, it's different from the coverage that they're used to. Um, problem being, like, okay, for example, like when you are doing like a a uh, a how and a highlight reel, but like a special coming up to the NBA Finals, um, you don't necessarily have to talk about different parts of the strategy i mean to a degree a little bit you do but you don't have to talk about it because while somebody else is just saying something about a player like lebron james is a monster because of xyz they could be playing him doing like you know stuff in the background and you understand that because it's physical you see him you know like shake you know two defenders and then take it in and dunk it and you can understand that but you know and it's Dota's a, it's like a pure strategy game from that perspective. Like you probably, you know, if you see somebody do something like, you know, a, a, a smart move, uh, you necessarily wouldn't understand it unless somebody explained it to you. And you're right. Like they, they actually have to take more time to explain it. I'm not sure if they were really prepared to do that. I wonder who prepared the special. Was it ESPN or was it somebody who actually did esports? I can't imagine it was either. 
I feel like it, it almost feels like there had to be like some, or maybe it was too much of both because like, I feel like it was not, it was not an ESPN special. It was not an esports special. Like it fell completely in the middle and missed everybody. But, but you know, one thing, one thing I do want to say is like, as far as like, a presentation that got me interested in the in in the game uh league of legends also put out a trailer for no reason from what i understand they just put out a trailer just because they could of uh, like a six minute little trailer and it was just like c- cinematics of like i guess what would happen in a game but it, you know it was like done movie style and not um not without like not with actual gameplay footage um but that actually got me interested in league of legends I'd be like, hey, you know, what? I feel like checking that out because it's, uh, you know, I could see the team based aspect of it. I could see, you know, people fighting each other and, and, and saving each other and, and, you know, stuff like that. And I'm like, OK, it looks like there's a greater objective here. That was actually interesting, um, you know, and, and the Dota thing, it just it just fell flat. Hmm, yeah. That is, I mean, like, do you think it fell so flat that they should never try it again? Or, like, what do you think? No, no, because I, I, I have to feel like they're going to get a lot of feedback on this. And that's a good thing. I, I think what what hopefully happened is that they got a lot of interest from the community that said, like, look, we'll watch this. We'll support this. We'll check it out. And they all said, you know what? You screwed it up. But <laughs> if they're like, OK, you know what? we understand we screwed up. We're going to fix the format for next time. We're going to come back and do it better. There's definitely a, a path to success here. You know, it, it's it's a starting point. And, you know, it's it's not the best starting point, but that means there's plenty of room for improvement. I don't see why they can't improve. And I don't, I don't see why they can't get to the, that point where, oh, you know what? You're just watching ESPN. And then the next thing that comes on, you just see a bunch of, you know, people, you know, shooting missiles, you know, like arcane missiles or whatever they shoot in, uh, in uh, Dota. But you see that kind of stuff happening all of a sudden. I mean, it's not. You know, I, I think there's there's a place for them to go to. They're not there, and it, it might be fun to kind of watch them get there. Um, but uh, no, I don't I don't think this means they should abandon a ship. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, if they wanted to make a better show, they should have the community organize it. But I don't think ESPN will go for that because that's why like, like Evo presentations are so good, uh, StarCraft presentations are so good. Those guys don't just work for Blizzard. They're actually, they were members of the community, like, you know, like Husky for StarCraft or all, you know, like Yipes and, you know, people like that for, um, so Yipes and Spooky for, like, you know, the fighting game community, even though some of the announcers at Evo, because Evo was last, was a weekend before was, last. Yeah. yeah, and, like, so, like, uh, some of those announcers were kind of like, wow, I kind of wish prof- some of my professional was here. Um, I was thinking to myself sometimes for some of the announcers, but most of the announcers were perfectly fine and the way they analyze the fights and, you know, if you're not a fighting game fan and something would happen to, you know, on screen and you didn't understand why the crowd was going, ooh, like, they'll probably be like, oh, well, this is what happened. They'll do, like, instant replay and stuff like that. So that's why I mean, I'm, I'm a strong I'm a strong believer in the communities, man. And I think the community should be managing that stuff. Uh, I, it probably would have been a better show if it was, a, if it was managed by a community rather than ESPN going to somebody in their editing room, like, hey, um, intern number four, <laughs> you, we're gonna give you a chance to do something cool here. I'm, I'm not, th- I'm not gonna disagree with you, but I can't see any way which ESPN at this point doesn't control all that themselves. There's no way they're like, oh, okay, we'll, you'll, we'll bring you on off the street and let, let you tell us what to do. They're gonna be like, we know what we're doing here, and 
Yeah, that's oh, no, not... I never said that they were going to let them do it. I, said, I just <laughs> said that it would probably be better if they did. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what I was saying. Yeah. ESPN's not going to let them do that. No, no. no way. No way. Um, so, yeah. But uh, I don't know. Like, maybe, uh, maybe, uh, maybe they'll have a... Like, actually, can you catch it on ESPN.com or anything? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, if so, because sometimes they put some of that stuff online and then you can check it out later, which would be pretty cool. But um, yeah, okay, that that that's cool. Let's uh move on to our next topic. Nick will probably definitely let us know if they, if it's on there. You find yeah, it. I'm not finding it. I don't. If it's there, it's it's hidden. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you can get it from illegal channels. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> this, <laughs> it's not the service you want. It's the service you need. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so our next topic is an article that was on Rock Paper Shotgun where the author, uh, John Walker, uh, talking about the new uh, the new game process that Steam goes through. Um, so basically what ends up happening is that, you know, according to, um, uh, who's that, Barack Tester? Tester? I mean, you, you know I'm terrible with last names, especially ones that aren't American. That's a terrible thing to say. Tez a teaser. Yeah. We're going to call him the guy from Nowhere Studios. <laughs> uh, but uh, so recently it's come out that the way the, the new game section is handled on the front page is that Steam promise you, promises you 1 million views on the home page when your game is fully released. After 1 million views... If the game is selling, it'll stay there. If the game isn't selling, it goes into, I guess, the you know the regular process. It gets pushed back to the back. And he's saying that Valve needs to change this process. Um, he's saying that Valve needs to have, like, you know, instead of having an automated, they need to have a human involved, somebody checking it out and, you know, finding unique games and good games and having them featured in that section. Which you know that all that of course will lead to other problems like you know that's subjective because somebody may like certain types of games, somebody may get paid under the table, and then certain games end up you know on the front page that really shouldn't be, according to his standards. That is, he's saying that good games aren't getting the shine they deserve. Um, my view on this whole thing is that Valve doesn't owe them anything. Valve. They don't owe them like uh, that puts like Valve as a, as an advertiser at that point, and that's not really Valve's job. Um, I understand the front page gets a lot of hits because it's a front page, but to be honest with you, I don't look at anything on the front page besides what's in that sliding box, and I think a lot of people do that. Uh, the reason I'm able to find obscure games on Steam is because I follow Steam on Facebook, and on Facebook. They they make announcements um, of new games that come out. At, like as soon as they're released, they put them on Facebook, and that's how I find so many obscure games. So I'm not having trouble finding, you know, good indie games. So like, well, my, like I don't know what the deal is. Go ahead, Nick. Well, I guess the the issue is that not everybody's using the Facebook feed, um, Facebook of, or Twitter or, or Twitter or Instagram probably too. I haven't I haven't even checked to see if Valve's on there. But um, no, I, th- I think I think an argument can be made that that page needs to be redesigned. 
Um, I mean, it's not the best layout, and especially like you said, most people only look at the top part anyway. Um, and he even does point out that the new releases box, um, you know, is it's already behind, you know, underneath several other boxes, the the, the top seller boxes. Um, you know, he he does point out like uh, I think one of the, the 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 top sellers was was listed as Skyrim, and he's like, does Skyrim really need help selling more at this point? No, but that's not Valve's job to help somebody sell their game. That's that like the marketing should be up to the developer. It, it's really not their responsibility to help them sell their but game. The, but the argument there is that that leaves it, it the marketing's up to the developer who can afford the marketing, and that a lot of the indie studios, you know, with with their tight budgets, you know, there's no way they can compete with you know a game like Skyrim or The Elder Scrolls Online. Um, because they just don't, you know, they don't, they don't have that marketing budget that even now that they can be like, oh, okay, we'll just pay Valve a little bit and, and keep our game, you know, still showing up in the searches and whatnot. I mean, who's really looking at the front page of anything these days? Who's looking at the front page of websites? Most people like, are, aren't, aren't going to websites and browsing anymore. Most people are like getting a link from Facebook or Twitter, um, or even Instagram at this point going to said page and if they do follow additional content to other pages it's because it's like you know featured somewhere on that as additional content that's why you see so many sites have changed their appearance to make sure they get as many links as possible on those pages so you can see there's other stuff to read you know if you want to but like who really is getting who's who's going the front pages not that many uh, not everybody search bots that's who. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, th- I think that that kind of goes in a little bit with sort of his other point, and I think it's the more salient point, is that Valve doesn't really have that good of like a recommended for you system, like he talks about it compared to, say, like Netflix or Amazon, as far as like he's ta- like there's a market of games where it's like these are they, they're not they're not going to be like the top games, but there's a market of games that could do well if they just found their market and there's no place for them to find their market here. And if it's like if you know they had a better way of saying like okay like other people who bought this game also bought this game you know, or people who have a library similar to yours would buy that and and i guess as far as that he's looking for people not even so much to play the games to recommend them but to play the games just to tag them appropriately so that they could develop a system that's a little more robust as far as doing that um, and that's the kind of thing that would 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 work without having the you know like prioritize you know marketing and whatnot as far as just being like oh look you bought this game here maybe you'd like this other game and and that's that's something where the you know like valve you know for, for as hands off as valve is that's something that they should be able to automate i mean look at what netflix does um and you know with with their giant library of movies um, but valve just added that review system not that long ago like the, like the review review system not the recommended but like the review review system that is probably going to be added into the algorithm very soon that's how netflix recommends stuff for you yeah you watch this User number 2737 watches this, and he likes it. Well, Netflix also has a very complex system where they rank every movie on, I want to say it's 27 fields, but I think it might be even more than that, on like a scale of one to five. And then they use that to figure out like if you know what movies are similar to what you're looking at. And then they have a very deep, very deep um, category list. Um, that's very specific, like movies that star Sylvester Stallone and are set in the 1800s, like that, like that level of granularity. And I don't even know if there's a movie that applies to that. But um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that Valve could even hope to do that at this point. I mean, I'm sure they could, but there's a lot of effort that goes in it because that's all that Netflix does. Um, but 
Um, I mean, even something approaching that might help a little bit. And if the review system is the first step in that, then hopefully we're on the right track. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I, like me, I don't. I don't feel like I'm missing out on any games. You know what I'm saying? But you have like, a huge backlog anyway. <laughs> I do, and that's because I keep finding new games. Those are the games you're missing out on. Is the ones you buy. <laughs> yeah, like sometimes I do look through my Steam and I'm like, I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I bought that. <laughs> I, have, I, was, I think it was like Dragon Age. I was like, man, I really wish. Like, I, it, I, I said like a while ago, I really wish I would have bought Dragon Age while I was on Steam. And I'm looking through my Steam library, like, oh shit, I have Dragon Age. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I'm going to feel like Valve should just be like slipping games into your backlog. Like, you won't know you have it. Like, just, <laughs> just give you everything. Dude, maybe. I, I don't know. Like, but it's. It, yeah, I mean, I, I have games that I didn't realize. Like, that's because I keep. I'm just. I'm buying so many games, you know. Uh, so like I, right, like I said I don't feel like um, like I'm missing out on anything, you know. So I, I, I kind of, I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with this guy. I'm kind of just like, mm, it's, it's a non-issue. Like, I, I think I think it's gonna get worked out. Sorry, go ahead, Nick. I don't think the concern is so much that you're missing out on anything. It's the people who made the games who could possibly sell it to more people than they currently are. They're the ones missing out on that revenue, and it hurts them. It hurts them a lot more than any one person not getting to play a game that they might have liked. Yeah, but I mean, how much is it actually hurting them? Like, because they have other platforms they could sell their game on. They have Desora. They have is Impulse even around still? Like, like who knows? Like, actually, what happens? Let me see what happens when I go to Impulse.com. <laughs> <laughs> Impulse exists. Watch, you'll find the Dota 2 special. Uh, maybe, maybe I have to type in GameStop Impulse into a search bar. I, I feel like maybe it, that doesn't, but P, GameStop PC games. No, but PC uh, downloads, yeah. So you can still download stuff, but they don't call it Impulse anymore. Mm, this is not good. I I, I can't watch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't watch. But I'm just saying, like, I mean, this there's other marketplaces. If it was that bad, developers would move. Yeah, but Steam's the 800 pound gorilla. I mean, yes, there are it other is. marketplaces, but you you know you it's you know if if as goes Steam, so goes the market. Yeah, I mean, it's, I would. Oh, well, go ahead. I'm sorry. I keep it. Well, no, it's not. It's not impossible. It's not impossible to to survive without them. But they are, you know, they're just huge. They're they're like Walmart. Well, yeah, but I, I'd feel like I'd hear more about this being a problem if it was an actual problem. Like, I mean, how many developers have we talked to? And the the biggest the biggest complaint we've heard was about Greenlight, which is their attempt at curation, and that's been abysmal so i think it, it it it's i think that's part of the issue and maybe if again if they can get the if they can get the review system sort of working properly maybe then that takes care of the green light issue as well i still don't even know i still see developers being like oh we're so close to getting green light and i'm like how do you know that i don't think that's how green light works like uh, you should maybe they've changed something at the time that you know we've talked to the last Who's who we talked to about it last with the guys uh, the, from Rush uh, Zyla? Yeah, Zyla from Rush Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't, I don't, I don't think this is a, this is a big issue. I think he's just kind of like, oh, the developers deserve more money and indie devs and blah blah blah. And I'm, you know, I'm all for indie devs. Don't get me wrong. Like everybody knows, I'm all for indie devs. But at the same time, I'm like uh, Valve 
Valve doesn't owe anybody anything. Like, Valve, it's, it, to them, it's not even like, I mean, Valve doesn't even treat Steam like a store. They just treat it like a platform. Valve, Valve treats it like a store, like, in the way that, like, somebody who didn't use a condom, like, treats their kid like a kid. Like, they didn't want the store. They just kind of wanted to have this platform. And it's like, they didn't, they, like, all the stuff that goes with it, they're so hands-off and, like, agnostic to what they've done. Um, you know, it, it's... You know, it, it, I think that's one of the problems is that, you know, he, he you know, the, he's just pushing for even just a little more intervention on their part to be like, look, you have this store, you have this platform and it's a huge force in the marketplace, you know, like, you know, make it work responsibly. I don't think I mean, it's not, you know, no, it's not that the developers are, are, are saying that they want more money. It's more, it's more so just a matter of, you know, making the marketplace work so that if there's a game that people are interested in, it finds the right audience that to, to sort of minimize the friction in that process. And and right now, you know, if games are getting lost, you know, regardless of, you know, somebody, you know, somebody not getting to play that game or or, you know, just uh, the developer not getting the money for that sale. Um, if, you know, if overall, if, if 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 a game's not finding its market, then the marketplace is failing to a degree. And I think that's kind of the point that he's making that are the games that, not finding their market, though. Apparently not. If this, this is what he's talking about, these if these games are, are falling by the wayside. Well, what if that the, the one guy? Just made a shitty game. That's possible, but that's so possible. <laughs> what's more likely that he made a shitty game and it didn't sell, or that people just completely missed out on it? Anecdotally, I suppose that it's a shitty game. <laughs> but, but I guess we—I guess that's the problem, though—is we need numbers to really know, like, just how big of a problem this is. And I don't think—I don't think anybody has these. If we start talking about numbers, we're going to start talking about Xboxes and making shit up with that. Yeah, like, hold on a second. I'm actually going to... I want to look to see, like, what is... Like, what game he they're pushing. Like, Monochroma? It's a puzzle platformer. Cinematic puzzle platformer. It looks, looks beautiful, but doesn't necessarily mean it's a good game. It kind of reminds me of Limbo. Except Limbo is kind of... No, no. This may be just as creepy as Limbo. Ooh. Actually, I'm kind of interested in it. <laughs> Wait a and minute. See, you missed out on this game, Mr. I get everything off Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. No, I saw this and I ignored it. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I did see it. But like from the screenshot that I had saw originally, um, I kind of ignored it. Hmm. Also, yeah, also I think the price tag is 20 bucks. Ooh. Which, that's, I mean, it's not that big of a deal. Oh, it's interesting. Interesting. They actually came out on May 28th. So. Well, I'll do them a solid. I'll post the game. <laughs> <laughs> no, but. No, okay, so. No, okay, fine. Maybe. Or maybe he. Well, here's another thing. Because like, the whole shitty game thing was kind of just like, well, maybe the game was just bad and people didn't like it. Thinking the reviews for the game are good, but maybe he didn't do enough to promote the game himself. Because the only place I saw it was on the Steam Facebook page. That is the only place I saw this game. You know? Why didn't I get a press release? Why didn't I get three press releases like I do for everything else? <laughs> you know? 
why you know like why i did not i didn't see any reviews really published about it even though uh the video game blog indie game mag yeah like who reviewed this game that video game blog that is the name of this of this website called that video game blog like that 70s show <laughs> So that video game blog, this thing can't be more than a thousand words, which isn't necessarily bad. Indie Game Magazine and Envision Community, unless I think that might be Envision Forums. No, Envision Game Community. So yeah, I'm not like who did who did he give this game to to get reviewed so he can get the word out? I didn't see yeah because we didn't get anything about it. Ask Joel, see if he heard of it. Maybe. Might hit these guys up for a view copy and then check it out. <laughs> but, like, well, what I'm trying to say is, like, look, I mean, you have to do some type of marketing. Like, you, there were no videos, which, I'm sorry, not any videos, but uh, no video advertising. Uh, you don't necessarily have to, well, I don't know, like, some some websites like IGN, unless somebody picks up your game, you probably, like, they're probably using some payola there because there's a lot of people trying to get there. Um, but like a polygon or a joystick or, you know, especially a destructoid specifically, um, you can probably get reviewed there and slap those scores in your steam box here, (laughs) you know, for, for review scores. Um, yeah, this is, um, interesting. I, 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 I may just seem like I'm defending steam or valve, but if, I don't see any game, uh, any review scores from this game, from like uh, you know notable places. That kind of tells me that he didn't do his job marketing. I don't know. Let's see how we put into Google. Huh? <laughs> put into Google. Okay, the first link is for the game. The second link is for the game on Steam. Metacritic got three out of five stars. So Metacritic will actually tell me where it came from. It was a green light game. It was reviewed in Destructoid two stars. Ooh. Well, I don't know. Metascore, 55. That's why they don't have Destructoid on their their list. User score, 6.8. IGN Italy gave it a 70. Gaming Nexus gave it a 70. Users are giving it 9s and 10s, but it looks like only 12 users reviewed it. Critic reviews, 1 positive, 19 mixed, 7 negative. Game blog, France, 30. Let's see, let's look at the critic reviews. Yeah, like he, yeah, he's, no, this is, okay, fine, yeah. My original statement was correct. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) Okay, maybe the game sucked. (laughs) All right. That video, I was almost fooled, bamboozled. (laughs) <laughs> I, mean, I was like, oh, maybe I'll check out the game. It's 20 not- bucks isn't that much. No, no. See, my instincts were right. You got to trust your instincts. It's not, <laughs> it's not that the game sucked because there was what, one positive review and most of them were middling. So there's an audience for that game. He just has to find it. Destructoid, 40. <laughs> GameStop, 40. XGN, 40. Gamefront, 60. They're not the intended audience for that game, and that's why he didn't put the Strategy review. Informer, 55. Eurogamer Italy, 60. Worth playing, 55. Game Revolution, 60. You know, PC Gamer, 62. Those guys are fair. 
You know, I just want to say, if all of those were out of 40, that was a very well-reviewed game. Oh! <laughs> okay, yeah, see? Look at that. Okay, fine. So, what do we learn today, kids? Let's recap. <laughs> better marketing, better game. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong, of course, Metacritic, you will never hear me say that it is the end-all, be-all and it's like, oh, got a 55 on Metacritic, must be bad. But still, like, I, I, there are certain places where if you get a low score, I'm kind of just like, mm, I don't know. Like, they're kind of fair. Like, you know, like D- Destructoid's one of them. PC Gamer's one of them. Um, depending on the rider joystick, I, you know, sometimes I'll take joystick with a grain of salt. And it, it really, really depends on the rider. So, yeah. You know, what's sad is that with that Metacritic score, you know he didn't get a bonus. <laughs> yeah yeah so that's the I, I that is the one thing i do appreciate about destructoid like the only review in recent history which is not even recent anymore that i really disagreed with was that alien colonial marines and that it went too harsh like oh it was so clear that jim sterling was pissed when he wrote that article you know well when he wrote that review um, not to mention, I didn't have the same problems. I just didn't have the same problems. <laughs> but remember, I never said the game was good. <laughs> I just <laughs> said it wasn't that bad. <laughs> uh, that was Nick at that point. I felt like how Nick usually feels. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, no, no, it's not that bad. Like, you know. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I feel like you're t- you're the, the public defender today. Or yeah. I guess the corporate defender. You're defending Valve and Steam and whatnot. Well, yeah, I think I proved my point. I think you did. Yeah, so I don't know. I I disagree with the writer. I I don't think. I mean, of course, don't get me wrong. It's not like Valve doesn't need to change at all. Keep everything the same. No, of course they need improvements. They need to constantly be looking at what they can do to improve. Um, you know, you don't necessarily have. I I, I like the if it's not broke, don't fix it mentality. But that doesn't mean you can't improve or make better. You just can't improve it to the point that it, people don't like it, you know. So, but um, yeah, let's move on to our next topic: Uncharted 4 aiming for 1080p 60 frames per second. Um, <laughs> we I think we've talked about it so much now like, that they, you know, with this current generation, we I really feel that they should not be aiming for those marks; they should be hitting those marks. And it shows so much about the current console generation that they have to aim for 1080p and 60fps as opposed to knowing they can get it um, and surpassing that. But even though we, we know they, they're not going to surpass it, like, I'm not sure if the PS4 will ever support higher than 1080p. Why would it? Well, because, I mean, the TVs coming out now are going to be 4K. That's true, that's true. Now, the way, this is gonna, the way 4K is going to work is the same problem that you had going high. Nobody thought they needed high def, right? Until you put your console on a high def television. Or, better example, if you're watching DVDs on a standard def TV, right? You don't, you don't think you need, you know, high definition. I mean, the only reason... Don't like the only back in the day before HD, back in the day, early 2000s, <laughs> you know, <laughs> before HD, I think the only time you really noticed 
um, the the difference in clarity is if you had a big like projection screen. But if you had like you know for example like I had you know um, like a 27 inch flat screen television. Um, flat screen being like you know it still had the CRT back, yes. but the screen itself was flat. It wasn't yes. a flat panel. Um, so I had one of those, and I remember playing games on my Xbox. And saying to myself, I don't need high definition because you don't, you know, it don't look like it, especially when I watch movies. But then when I finally did get an HD TV, and I played my first DVD on an eight on my HD TV, I was like, I need a Blu-ray player. Yes, <laughs> you yes. know, it's like I, I, I really do need a Blu-ray player. And I think 4K is going to work the same way for everybody who has 1080p TVs. For now, it's going to be like, what's the deal? Then TVs are going to break. They're going to need new TVs. And then they're going to, you know, start playing their games on their 4K televisions. And I mean, actually, I, I think 4K, the 4K televisions can, you know, can um, not not convert the 1080p up, but they can, like, you know, they'll display the 1080p better than we did with DVDs. <laughs> oh no, you don't think so? No, no, no. Oh. I'm just saying that it was terrible what we did to DVDs. Oh yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> Like a DVDs on a high def television. I have, I, I, I feel bad because I have a bunch of DVDs that I know I'm just never gonna watch ever again because <laughs> I can't. Yeah, like it's. I almost feel like I should have kept like a, a crappy TV around just to be able to like hook up my old PlayStation DVDs. Or, <laughs> yeah, watch my old DVDs on there. You know, it's because yeah, that's. You know, and it sounds a bit snobby to be like, oh, I can't go back. But seriously, like, y- you try it. You can't go back. <laughs> no, and I, th- I don't think it's that bad. But there will be a noticeable difference if you're on a 4K television and you're only displaying, you know, 1080p. There will be a noticeable difference, and like you know, this I think it's gonna want gamers are gonna want to be able to play games 4K. Yeah, and they won't be able to with the current with those current consoles. But I th- I think you have to look though like the price of 4k tvs is going to have to come down significantly um i mean it's one of those things too like if you're if you're buying the 4k tv you know you're buying it and content for that is not there yet i mean look at when people first bought the hd tvs back before every station was in hd i mean you had what hd net and like maybe one other station and then oh, whatever yeah. Yeah. I mean, it took time oh yeah yeah so and i'm not saying like right now i'm saying oh. over time these consoles have a 10-year life cycle no, don't <laughs> so that- i i think that's the dirty little secret mate that is that especially looking at the way the graphics are as they compare to the pcs now i think that this is going to be prob- probably a super short console cycle i don't think so reason being is because i think both sony and microsoft were expecting were not expecting people to be as resistant to go using cloud technology. I don't think either one were, were expecting so much resistance from that. The, the, the consoles are 400 bucks. Like at $400, Sony is only making $25 per console. The consoles are, which have, you know, I want to say half-assed technology in them um, so that they can bring the, the price down to that. I don't think the consoles are ever going to try to compete with PC again. PC is too far gone. It's too expensive at this point. Unless AMD comes up with some type of technology that reduces the cost of those chipsets, like the high-powered chipsets, I I can't see it happening. I can't see them even trying to keep up with PC. No rebuttal? No, I don't know. know. (laughs) I'm just thinking, like, like, I mean, at some point, I mean, at some point, like, our PC graphics are just going to get so good that, like, 
I mean, I feel, I feel like for your TV at, at 1080p or, or, you know, even 400, you know, 400k, like it's, I feel like at some point PC graphics are just, they're done. Like console can never catch up with them. They're just, they're just so far out ahead. You know, they're going to be like photorealistic and it's just over. Well, and... no, they can they can make a console with PC graphics, but they don't want the, the cost associated with it. No, Basically, no. going into this console cycle, both Sony and Microsoft, I think one of their big goals was to make sure that they did not lose money on consoles. Because both the PS3 and Xbox 360, for years, lost money per console sold. Yeah, I think that's a mistake. I think you're supposed to lose money on the console. It's well, the... yeah. Well, that's the whole thing about, about Microsoft was getting into the business, and... Uh, there, I was watching a documentary on it, and, and every they, they said they knew coming into video games, the console market, you lost money, and they couldn't get anybody to produce consoles for them, so they had to make it themselves, because everybody knew you lost money, and now they don't want to lose money on the consoles anymore, but is it worth the $25 per person? No. No, because you lose money, you get that install base, and then at that point you make it all back in games. That's it's the razor strategy, and well, I don't games know why. And, and services and Microsoft yeah. advertisements at this point. Yeah, I mean, if they, if, I mean, think about it. If they ha- if they push the Connect on there, but at the price that it is now, they could be like, look, you get everything that the PlayStation gives you and the Connect. I know as much as people kind of give pushback on that. I think. I, you know, if it was the it was the price point that let them sell consoles more than more than the removal of the Connect. I know we argued about this last week, but I, I you know, if if they were if they took that loss, I think they I think it's a different story for them. Yeah, for four. I mean, I know I know Microsoft is in a, in a you know their own special unique economic situation where they you know they have to be very careful about which divisions are losing money. But this is one of those things like you take the loss early, eventually you get the console parts down to where you start to break even or maybe make a profit with like a redesign of the console. But you get that install base so that then you get all the profits off the third party games even that people are making because of that. And yeah, it's, it's I, don't, I mean I I get why they're like oh we don't want to lose money, but no this is this is you know you cut yourself and then you bleed and then you heal and everything's better. That's that's how the game that's how gaming's always worked, and it sucks that they're doing it this way because we get these underpowered consoles that maybe they can do 1080p and 60 fps. Yeah, and that's this new console like this console generation actually so far has been a bit underwhelming because you still get that staggering of like that 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 break where the last generation's over and the new generation's here and you have that period where games are kind of like, like eh all right they're they're not mind blowing or anything like that uh so you have that but this time you don't have the power of the new consoles or the wow factor of the new consoles to um to help you with that you know, to, to, to help you kind of get over that. Like, yeah, the games were okay, but wow, look at those graphics. Like, you really don't have that. Like, I mean, I'm playing Destiny, and Destiny just looks like, you know, kind of like a a, 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 a polished-up Halo. Yeah. You know, it doesn't look very... It doesn't... Nothing about Destiny made me say wow, because I've I've already seen all that on my PC, actually better on my PC. 
but I think until we go to the 4K TVs, I don't think you're going to see that because, I mean, you look at like the when the PlayStation 1 came out, that was, the big innovation was, look, 3D graphics now. Like, oh, wow. And then like the PlayStation 2, they, they tightened up the 3D graphics. And then the, the PlayStation 3 generation, we had HD graphics. And now it's still more HD graphics. They're just tightening them up. But the HD graphics, like those PlayStation 1 graphics, there was a lot of room for improvement there. The you know The PS3 graphics, we've gotten good enough with the graphics now, like, the, the 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 increases in fidelity it's all marginal the, you know it's like everything already looks amazing you can only make it look so much more amazing that's kind of what i was saying before like the pc i feel like the pc has like unlimited room for improvement i think like there's a finite point at which console graphics can get to and then they're kind of like done they like can't get any better and like i, th I think that's kind of the problem is like for this generation, there's just not that jump for people to be like, oh, like, no, I think the, gra the last, genera last generation's graphics, the jump to HD was so good that this little like, well, it looks better. It's just it's, it's not it's 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 hard to justify that four hundred dollar purchase if your PS3 is still good enough. I mean, I'm sure I guess, you know, what, it'll be interesting to see the, the Last of Us remastered how that does, because I mean, it's a great game, you know, the, the game, the story that all stands fine. But it'll be interesting to see if, if just the graphical improvements they're able to make, how much is, does that actually improve the experience? Um, and I'm, I'm I feel like. It's not going to be that much, but we'll see. I mean, maybe it's a, a whole different, a whole different ball game at that point, and everybody's going to going to want to play it. Oh, maybe. I'm just saying, like, if they really wanted to, they could put the proper, like, you know, graphics like we would expect in there. But um, well, not sorry, they could put PC graphics in there. I should say, yeah. I'm sorry. But they'd have to lose money. Oh yeah, they definitely have to lose money, and they'd have to come up with a hell of a deal. Like some like a hell of a manufacturing deal with AMD. Like, there's no way Nvidia, Nvidia would never take that deal. <laughs> like, like they wouldn't take this deal. <laughs> um, but yeah, they would have to take a hell. They'd have to uh, have a hell of an agreement with with Nvidia, you know, about that. Oh, well, it's not Nvidia, AMD, and I just don't think they they want to. Um, the funny thing is when we're talking about the console, the graphics, and the power of the system and not being able to definitely run 60 FPS in AP, uh, specifically for Uncharted, I don't want it to run at 60 frames per second. The one of the awesome things about Uncharted is how cinematic the game feels. And people are right when they say that some games feel better at 30 frames per second. Um, and Uncharted is definitely one of those games. Uncharted 2, Uncharted 3, um, 30 frames per second, and like the way the game plays, it, it's it's really nice. You know, like that, that something's really nice. Um, so I am I I really don't want Uncharted Four to be six frames a second because then it's gonna look uh, kind of strange. Like, um, oh, you ever like you ever play a game of the Bouncer for PS Two? No. That game, uh, was a Square Enix game. It played everything at sixty frames per second, including the cutscenes, and um, that was one of the weird, like one of the jarring things about that game. Besides the fact that it wasn't that great of a game to begin with. The cutscenes being in thirty frames, uh, sixty frames per second, was just kind of like, oof. yeah, it's kind of, yeah, it, it just didn't gel well for cutscenes. Well, I was asking you about um, Metal Gear in the early in the pre-show, and I yeah. thought you had an interesting point about them. Oh well, that the game plays at sixty frames per second, but the, uh, but the cinematics, yes, were thirty frames. Yeah, 
Yeah, like the gameplay was it was sixty frames per second, and that was, that was a little jarring, jumping back and forth. But then you like you kind of, like when you saw the frame rate slow down, you kind of knew something was up, you know. Um, actually, to be honest with you, I think to be uh, I think uh, well, Metal Gear Solid Four tried to play at sixty frames per second, but a lot of Metal Gear Solid Four was thirty frames per second because the PS4 would chug. Yeah. Uh, so it was involuntarily doing that. <laughs> um, but yeah, Metal Gear gameplay is sixty. I, you know, I, Metal, I remember you know Metal Gear Solid Two, uh, Twin Snakes was like that. Metal Gear Solid Three, sixty frames per second in the game, and then uh, thirty frames per second in the cutscenes, and it made a difference. Like, because Metal Gear obviously very cinematic. Something that I was kind of I was very upset about with you know the uh, Ground Zeroes. Ground Zeroes, like you don't get those cutscenes, you know. You get you get a cutscene in the beginning, and one in the end, and that's kind of like that's like one of the things you play Metal Gear for. I don't want to go on a tangent, Nick. I don't. We're done with that because that's where the, exactly that was going. I was like, oh no, I'm so sad. Like, oh, Metal Gear. I, I, I do just want to point out we never did get the promised podcast of you and Joel just bitching about Ground Zeroes. <laughs> oh man, we got to do that. I I, I want to hear that. Oh, yeah, because that like we were planning to do that, and like we don't have to plan to bitch. Like we just have to like if somebody just says Ground Zeroes and we're in the same room, it's gonna happen. <laughs> if somebody says Ground and somebody else says Zeroes and you just hear them at the right time, you just it's gonna don't happen. Have, yeah, it's gonna happen. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. Yeah. So uh, let's move on to our last topic. Let's talk about uh, uh, this list. Uh, of the top of the top uh, MMO subscriptions. Uh, so it's a list of ten, and World of Warcraft is at number one. Of course, a lot. Yes, like they're in the billions. The next, the closest one after that is Lineage, at two hundred and fifty million. Now that's Lineage one. Yes, folks, Lineage one. Which actually, let me, let me look up. Let me look up uh, how how when that came out. Game. I, I want to say 97, but I feel like that's too old. I think it was in the 90s, dude. Like 1998. Oh, it was close. 1998, Lineage 1. The second top grossing, not grossing, sorry, that's uh, in terms of subscription, like uh, number two. 1998. It's well, unbelievable. Well, that's that's one of those games I know. I think even before Warcraft fully ascended, like Lineage was one of those games. Like I know everybody talked about EverQuest, but yeah, like it, the problem is Lineage is just so big over in uh, in Korea that that's you know Korea and Asia that that's where it gets its base from. I mean, that's why they tried to they tried to bring Lineage two over here, and it just kind of. I know people who play Lineage now. Yeah, but not that many. Well, you might know you might know people, but. Not that many people. Play, well, I mean, play, I mean, well, I should. I, think, I mean, there's plenty of people that play lineage. Lineage two is what number nine on the list at 45 million. Um, so I mean, it's not, it's not a non-zero number, um, but it's you know it's dwarfed by. I mean, it's number nine on the list. It's it's got two percent of the market share. Right. So. Yeah, that's sad. That I would say that was that was very very impressive. The number two what, on the list. Yeah. Well, what, what's impressive? I mean, NCSoft shows up on the list four times because they got Lineage One, Lineage Two, Aeon, and Blade Blade and Soul, and together they've got sixteen percent of the market share, 
which is still 20% less than Blizzard. Blizzard. <laughs> I mean, it, it, this is really impressive because, I mean, you know, especially in, in the WoW community uh, right now, we're between expansions. Um, there's a lot of news coming about coming out about the next expansion that keep keeps irritating everybody and you just hear about it like oh i'm quitting i'm leaving i'm not coming back um and admittedly this is from 2013 so the, the numbers aren't accurate as of today but um you know just to see like oh no like warcraft's doing fine um you know they have 30 percent 36 percent of the market share and lineage one has nine percent so that is they are four times as strong as their nearest competitor and and it's just it, they just dwarf i mean you can add up, you know what you you, you, you gosh, it's they're so they're so large. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how many you have to go down to actually equal their stature. No, they're bigger than the entire top ten combined. There aren't they, or the, 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 all nine of them? Yeah, like that's just insane insane i mean it, it, it you know it's it and it's one of those things like you know you you know you, you don't realize just how dominant this is in the marketplace and what's freaky is that for as dominant as they are like dota and league of legends have even more players like it's i mean these games are huge i mean you, you know and it's i mean it's one thing even you know to go back to dota for a moment to look at like oh there was an 11 million or 12 million in prize money that was raised by the community like that you know like that those kind of numbers are staggering and so yeah, so here's just another reminder, like, yeah, you know, Blizzard's making a billion dollars. Like, they can take as long as they want to put out their next expansion, and we can all bitch about it on the forums, but it doesn't matter, because they're going to keep doing what they're going to keep doing. They can they can make their little motorcycle shows and, and you know, put out their cinematics when they want, and uh, they're fine. There's no reason for them to worry. All our, all our bitching on Twitter and the forums and whatnot, it's just... For nothing. <laughs> yeah, they have a long way to fall before they actually start worrying about what you care about. <laughs> to be honest with you. Which is a shame because they got rid of the, the glyph uh, that allows for a dark apotheosis. So my, my, my warlock will not have permanent demon wings. And I'm very disappointed by that. That's This is the mark of their, their downfall. They shouldn't have done that. Now they're going to fall on this list. Oh, gotcha. That, that was it right yes. there. Yes. Oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. My thing about World of Warcraft is that it's such an anomaly. I I don't believe the MMO market is actually that big. I like I I don't know. Like like there are people who play World of Warcraft so casually, you know. Like it's almost like their Farmville. You know, I mean, technically speaking, like their their game. Like at this point, their game is especially if they spend you know twenty thirty hours a week playing World of Warcraft. But I don't know if they're really part of the MMO market because would they try Warhammer? Would they try another fantasy game? Like you know, it it doesn't matter. I mean, it's kind of the same way how like you know people buying Wii's aren't really video gamers because it's like you know like oh my parents bought a Wii and like they don't really play video games. It doesn't matter. They bought a Wii. That counts. That goes in a win column for Nintendo. You know if you're you know if you're not really a gamer but you're playing World of Warcraft, it counts as a win for Blizzard. Um, and and the one thing here you know as far as the the total size of the. Uh, the MMO subscription market, two two billion eight hundred eighty two million dollars um, is that. That's the total size, and Warcraft with thirty six percent has over one billion of that. So, yeah, there's. I mean, there's there's a market there. I'm, it'll be interesting to see 
uh, how things how this looks next year um, when we've had a, another year of sort of Warcraft's decline. I'm sure they'll go down. Um, it'll be interesting interesting to see where Wildstar falls on this list. I kind of feel like we're already starting to see some people sort of crawling back to Warcraft from Wildstar. Like, yeah, I played it for a few months and now I want to come back. Um, and it'll be interesting to see too because we will have the expansion by this time, presumably if if everything goes as it should. Um, but I mean, geez. I mean, Star Wars The Old Republic is number four. I mean, for as much as we like to consider that to have been a debacle, I mean, they're still they're still respectable. <laughs> well, did they even really release numbers, like, you know, subscription numbers and, you know, for Star Wars? They all, I always heard it was 2 million at launch, and then it went down from there. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, like, because of course a lot of people are going to try it, and then some people mm-hmm. just aren't going to like it, which is, you know, should it- be expected. I heard it, it went down to somewhere in the hundred thousands. I'm not sure where exactly. So it went down from two, about two million to under a million, and then that's when they went free to play. So I'm not sure where exactly they were. If it was, you know, two hundred thousand, eight hundred thousand. Yeah, there's a there's a wide berth there. I know, but uh, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like with World of Warcraft, I'm not necessarily like even though yes, technically speaking, if anybody who plays World of Warcraft that doesn't win for Blizzard, I don't think those people should count like as the as like the MMO market because you know if you're going to target them you need to be casual you need to ta- target casuals what's well no because well yeah i, I don't know i mean because wildstar kind of did that but they also targeted the hardcore i mean they i don't know that's why i said it'll be interesting to see what they do because wildstar did have a lot of hype yeah it did and the mmo market is rough man like i don't know if i was going to make an mmo i would don't. be like <laughs> yeah i'd be like look we're not going for 10 million users. Get me a million. That'll stay. <laughs> and, and we might be okay. Well, you I know, mean, and, and budget appropriately, if you can even do that at this point. You know? Well, I'm looking at CCP, on, you know, number six with Eve Online, and I'm thinking of uh, the canceled Worlds of Darkness MMO that they were working on. And, and I mean, even then, I mean, this, this list goes to 10. How many other MMOs have we seen? You know, I mean, you mentioned Warhammer earlier. That, that came and gone. Um, you know, I'm trying to think what else. You know, the Secret World's not on this list. Um, and they're still going. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's a, it, I mean, admittedly, you know, as far as the list goes, you know, it's the top 10. There's a long tail on this. I mean, then that's the other thing too, is number 10 is at the 1% market share. So at that point, everybody after number 10 has less, you know, as 1% or less of the market share for as long as that tail is. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you might say a third of the market isn't that much for Blizzard, but when, you know, as I said, you're, you're four times better than your nearest competition. It's, I mean, that's almost an exponential graph if you if you put that on paper that is true that is true okay but yeah let's see that, that's our last topic let's see what's coming out i did not look ahead this time but i'm not i don't know it's been I, i've just been assuming there's nothing coming out <laughs> yeah. um yeah you probably will be kind of right let's see <laughs> uh no no nope. okay forget it folks Nothing, nothing to see here. Nothing major. I mean, like, there may be... Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Ratchet and Clank Collection, July 22nd. That just came out this week. As for PS Vita, well, I know what handheld device I'm booting up after I get done with this podcast. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, other than that, though, I'm not seeing much, guys. Pure Pool comes out July 29th. Ooh. Uh, Rogue Legacy on the, the PSN, PS4. Uh, if you haven't played that, that's good. Uh, the Swapper on PS4, PSN, and PS Vita. There's, actually, there's a sale. Uh, it's the Swapper, it's Rogue Legacy, and there's two other games, and I can't remember them off the top of my head. But if you buy one, you get like $3 off. If you buy two, you get like $6 off. If you buy three, you get like $10 off. Like this, the, 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 amount, of, the amount of money you save goes up with each game that you buy. Um, I'm sorry that I can't remember the other two. But uh, the Swapper and, and and Rogue Legacy, both both good games. I'd I'd recommend them. Mm, okay. All right. Well, that is going to bring our podcast to a close. Thank you for listening. Uh, as always, you can catch us on SoundCloud, which is SoundCloud.com/slash Mash Those Buttons. We are on iTunes, which is uh, well, it's iTunes. <laughs> so you you can get that on Android. Oh, not Android. Sorry, but your iOS devices. And though for those who are subscribed, sorry, like I found out. Uh, last week, well, actually not last week, but a few days ago, that um, this feed wasn't working, and I got it fixed. So sorry about that, and the feed should be working perfectly fine for you guys now. Uh, we are on Stitcher Smart Radio for Android and iOS devices. We are on uh, Twitter.com, which is Twitter.com slash MTB site, Facebook.com slash Smash Those Buttons, and YouTube.com slash Smash Those Buttons. So, as always, thank you for listening. We will catch you guys next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. 